Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Like every second you turn on the news, promoting fear. Check this headline. What would it look like? What would it look like if we looked at God's letters, God's love, read it through a different a different perspective, He's not writing to humanity to scare humanity. He's writing to humanity to free humanity. He has a love letter. He has not given us the spirit of fear. He has given us the spirit of a powerful sound. No matter where we're at in the story of what's going on in our nation and world, I want to give an invitation for us to come into the place safe. I think if we come in this house with anger, if we come in this place with hate, if we come in this place with confusion, if we come in this place with worry, doubt, and we feel that we can't be fully us or express ourselves, then we won't have the bridge needed for us to go forward. Today is a cry for us to be a bridge, to get to the basics at a heart level. Empathy is the bridge to the heart, to enter into someone else's pain, to understand it through their viewpoint. Maybe you saw this week a meme that says, You're privileged if you have to learn about racism and injustices rather than live it. And just in that moment, there's a polarizing effect that happens to us. Do we divide? Someone says, I've lived it. And someone says, well, I've got to learn it and privilege. And we have a great example today. Jesus, who knows privilege really well. He was in heaven created all of us, but left the comforts of heaven, emptied himself out and took on the form of a servant and entered into our spheres. So feel safe to bring all of the emotions right here, right now, wherever you're at, we're learning, we're growing, we're listening, but we're entering right now with empathy. Empathy for who? Old, yes. Young, yes. Rich, yes. Poor, yes. White, yes. Black, yes. If one of us hurts, we all hurt. Black lives matter. And in order for us to move forward, new day, new ways, it's naive not to look at the old pain, the infrastructures that are in place, laws that are created, hundreds of years of oppression, Jesus enters in right there. Let's be like him and let's do the same thing. Let's love people enough to get close, get messy. If you've ever talked to a woman about their childbirth experience, if a mom's you know had a baby, you don't dare rate the pain, right? 
Don't dare rate it. No, no, no. No pain compares to childbirth. And we let women, you know, they get the title there. You take the trophy. In the same way, let's not rate pain. But let's not, if we're not black, we don't fully understand the pain. That pain is real. That pain is compounded. Christians, the term Christian was described as others saw the way followers of Jesus were living and they were like, Christ ain't. They're like, Christ ain't. Look, they're like Christ. And to be like Christ today, we put our preferences, we put privilege, we put everything to the side to get close to the one, the one who's experiencing pain. So today is all about pain together, playing together, and then just maybe God will make it grow and we can pray together. If George Floyd doesn't look like you, it doesn't hurt as much until you see someone who looks like you and then you watch them get hurt and then there's this innate cry and a pull says, no, that's not right. God put that there. Spirit of justice, God put it there. We know right from wrong. It's written on all of our hearts. But yet we also come to the table knowing we're all guilty before a perfect God. And, and so we enter this space with mercy and compassion and grace and humility and say, oh my goodness, to get close to people and the pain. Romans 12 shows us what it looks like to live a life of a Christian. From 9 verse 20 through 21, there's this Christian ethics in a Christian way. And I want to read a few verses. It can be an on-ramp to us continuing to empathize, to understand, because I think we make better decisions with more information. Verse nine, it says, let love be without hypocrisy. That says that we're prone to be hypocrites. But as we get rid of our biases, we get rid of our prejudices, we get rid of our racist tendencies, we get rid of these things, we let our love be genuine. Detest evil and cling to what is good. That's a word for somebody. Hate evil, but cling to what is good. Verse 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. We pain together. We weep with those who weep. We can't even dare think we would play together or pray together if we don't enter people's pain. And as we enter that space, trauma is hard. It's difficult. But it's worth it to care about the person to get close. I pray that the heart of heaven right now is just doing something supernaturally. That we pain together. 
hearing stories from so many of the African-American community of way, the way they've just been oppressed, experienced racism firsthand. It's grieving. So much so that I'm, I found myself this week thinking, dang, I, I'm mad at white people. Wait, I'm white. What in the world? What? And then I start even hating yourself or hating your upbringing. And, you, and it's like, whoa, 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 slow down. What's happening? We pain together. So that feeling to feel uncomfortable and experience and hear someone else's pain is beautiful, even though it's so hard. It's soul work. Uncomfortable for sure. that's how healing and future mobilization can take place. I mean, we've heard it before. Love God, love people, you know? But not if all people don't have an equal playing field. We have to stop and acknowledge that. Recognize how we've been accountable so that we can move in action and do it together. So people really do have a voice. And we're not coming in and we do this too often. Jesus people, come on, we do this too often. We want transactional interaction as opposed to transformational interaction. Transformational means that we're going to do this together. We're all going to bring our ingredients. I'm learning that, you know, we're, that's where we're at. We're staying in that space. Can you just imagine for a moment all the people who aren't black? Because we need to speak to each other and, 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 and teach. They... The black community has been leading us so long in what it looks like to be persistent, to be patient, to be enduring. We got to talk to each other for a second and say this. If you're not black, can you imagine knowing the stories of truth, of generational, generational oppression and abuse and injustices and the cry out of people and to know the foundation of the origin of how you got here and that people want to strip mine you of your culture and they never want to see you as a person and that, that, that you're already behind in the race because the laws that were in place and then here we are decades later and then people say, hey, why you want to talk about it? Can you just imagine reading history books? Can you imagine talking to your grandparents and then seeing that warped and twisted and never having representation that you can see in equity that you're a part of and, and that you're in the game. Can you just imagine for a moment to pain together how hard that must be? I know that you can relate with pain because that is a soul level. We all have pain knows no color. So if we start to enter to pain together, now we have a deeper understanding. I mean, think about it. We all have felt the experiences to be judged. If you have tattoos, you've felt what it's like to be an outcast in society, that people look at you, but now it's a new day. It's a new way. Thank God for Allen Iverson who paved the way so other people can play on the court without being judged and they can have cornrows and stuff. But where did all that come from? Rules, tradition. Was it just that? Was it just, or was it possible that it's the narrative that's been going on for hundreds of years? Can you just imagine to pain together of what the black community feels and faces all the time? So who should lead that conversation? The church for sure, Jesus for sure, but all of us. It's uncomfortable to learn. I mean, it, this week I was finding myself thinking, dang, this is worse than I ever thought. 
But I can go back to how I relate. Here's how I relate and here's how I connect. The pain together entry point. I don't know what it's like to be black. But I can tell my side of how I've started to discover more of the, the racism embedded in our, in our world. Growing up, being a white kid named Jerome, people would always say, hey, all right, that's a black kid name. How are you going to name him that? So going to school, people would say, uh, in pretty much all white town, I come from a little town of Pinckney, went to Mason, and then here I am in the streets of Lansing, uh, dealing, smoking, all this, and had this crazy prophetic narrative of being in a little tiny white town, but being in the inner city and, and, and just never knowing where you fit in or where's your place. But one thing I knew is people in pain. That's one thing I knew for sure. And I was so enamored, so impacted by black culture at such a young age, like as early as I can remember going on. I'm listening to rap music, eight years old, Public Enemy. Uh, at 10 years old, I got their album, Fear of a Black Planet. I'm listening to 911 as a joke. My mom's dating this dude who did some time and, and, and he was like crazy racist. And now looking back, I'm like, dang, he used to come home and he'd be like, he'd be like, he, he said, you listen to N music, you, 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 da, da. he's like, you an N lover, you know what I mean? Saying the N word. And, he's, and, uh, and I remember one time I grabbed the BB gun. And I was like, I was like, dude, say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Come on, say it again. Say it again. I go grab that BB gun. And I, and I was outside. And I was like, say it again. Say something. And I shot the BB gun at the window and it broke out the window. In that same house, that window was broken for like 15 years. It was still broken with a little piece of cardboard in it. And it always reminded me of that moment. And then as my mom found out he was like that, eventually, you know, obviously she left him. And it was like, this is crazy. But it started to then invite me into what's embedded in our society, the racial divide and the, the racial hate and that anger and that that tension and then to think that this is a story that's been going on for centuries i'm like dang this is tough where do you go where do you go well when you pain together i can firsthand say the more i've lived life the more you can see that racism's real and it's moments and glimpses like that, getting to go back to my childhood, thinking we'd walk by this hill and they were like, yeah, black people were hung there. Really? I'm watching Jordan come fly with me. These guys are my idols. And how do we know that we're not just a part of the problem? Well, we gotta get close to the pain we'll see where we're at in this scenario. It's been uncomfortable for me. Here's the thing, I'm getting schooled, I'm getting dunked on, I'm seeing stuff, whoa. But I'm seeing evil, pain, it knows no color. There's been issues, there's issues right now all across our world. We know it's not just a skin issue, it's for sure a sin issue, because you can go to an all white neighborhood, you have the trailer park kids getting ripped on, they call them trailer trash, you go right now to an all black neighborhood, people are ripping on each other, you go to an Asian country across the country, the people are hating on We know it's a sin issue, it's an evil sin issue, but that doesn't dismiss us from being active to let the kingdom come today, the kingdom come right here, right now, the kingdom right here, heaven's best to pain together. And then just maybe, hear this, just maybe, and I believe we can, we'll get to play together. Because that's how real healing will take place. When we're all in the game and our kids, our kids teach us the way, watching the kids play together. Racism's caught, 
It's that's how it's that's how it's taught. It's caught. It's just caught. It's picked up. And then we start to see our own blind spots in these areas, these own hate in these areas, and we say, "Oh, I got, I got blind spots to privilege. I got blind spots to, 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 to the way. Even though I've got examples that I was already concerned of the police, now I can start to empathize at a deeper level. I can't even imagine what my, uh, my friend must have felt." And what he feels, and every time he turns on the TV, he's seeing negative interactions. And it doesn't mean all policemen are bad, but it does show that, hey, there's an issue. Let's get reform. If, let's say, there was that many plane crashes we saw, we would want flight reform. We would. So we should welcome that as a people. Welcome that. So don't mistake my passion for how you have to engage, but hopefully that the heart of heaven will flow right through you to say, let's pain together so that we can play together. All have a say, all have a voice. People are already asking, pastor, what do we do? What do we do? You know, what do we do? Well, it don't matter what you do. Unless it starts in you, in me, in us. Let it flow. Let justice flow through us. Let love flow through us. Let mercy flow through us. Compassion, understanding. Watch material, read, learn, listen. And then we'll be more poised and positioned to do what we long for. Love God, love people. Do unto others as you wish they'd do unto you. Some of us with more power, let's give it away. With privilege, put that, come on. Let's give access. Let's let, let's, let's... (laughs) Let's let everyone play together. You know, Jesus, let's just look at him and I want to close with a story that I think is so powerful. Jesus on the cross, um, crowds are yelling, crucify him. But the same crowds before that were yelling, Hosanna. Question I've been wondering today is if Jesus was here today, would we still kill him? He probably wouldn't be left enough. He probably wouldn't be right enough. He probably wouldn't be white enough. He definitely wouldn't, you know, be uh, 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 our political favorite candidate. Would he be black enough? Would he be this? Where would he be? You know, I know he would stand with people in pain. I know he would say, okay, I'm in for Black Lives Matter. But then when we start to lead it a particular way, he'd say, hey, I want freedom for all people. And remind you, I'm not just looking for freedom today. I'm looking for freedom eternally. So I'm going to set you free. And then you're going to be able to live out the kingdom of heaven. But if you follow me, you walk with me, you te- we're, the, my ways are so much higher. And, th- and that would make all of us uncomfortable. Jesus would make all of us uncomfortable. So if he was here today, would he be enough for me? Would he be enough for you? But he is enough for all of us. And he's the calibrator. It's the good news. The good news. Then one of the criminals hanging there began to yell insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. There's two criminals that are being... Sentenced to death from their acts of crime. But the other answered rebuking him. Don't you even fear God since you are undergoing the same punishment? We are punished justly because we're getting back what we deserve of the things we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, he looks at Jesus. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. 
And Jesus says to him, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. To go to the cross, we find the world's greatest display of injustice, killing Jesus. Innocent, perfect, God-man. And yet you see justice for the criminals being served, that law is important. And Jesus is offering forgiveness in the moment. I think that's the picture of what the Holy Spirit is doing right now. That justice is taking place. The thief on the cross, that's important. Justice is important. But remembering that me and you, we always come to the conversation remembering that we've been forgiven. And if we've been forgiven, we wanna forgive. We wanna understand. We wanna let Jesus do his best work. So some of us, we're feeling it's either or right now, but it's not either or, it's both and. It's yes at the cross, forgiveness. Yes at the cross, injustice. And yes at the cross, justice but freedom outside of our lifetime was what Jesus was speaking to. We'll get glimpses of heaven here, and that's for sure why we are active. So it's not just prayer. Because if we pain together, we can play together, and then people might say, hey, tell me more about your God. Oh, cool, come here, let's pray together. That people would know we give a rip about them. It's a beautiful story. I'll close with this. In 96, there was a protest going on in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Keisha Thomas was 18 when the Ku Klux Klan, there was a white supremacist organization held a rally in her hometown in Michigan. I'm not sure that there's anything more evil than race hate. Is there anything more of a mockery to who God is? God help us, forgive us. The liberal, progressive, and multicultural Ann Arbor was an unusual place for the KKK to choose and hundreds of people gathered to show that they were not welcome. Amen. The atmosphere was tense, but controlled. Police dressed in riot gear and armed with tear gas protected a small group of Klansmen in white robes and conical hoods. Thomas was with a group of anti KKK demonstrators on the other side of a specifically erected fence. Then a woman with a megaphone shouted, there's a Klansman in the crowd. They turned around to see a white middle-aged man with a Confederate flag t-shirt and he tried to walk away from them, but the protest protesters included Thomas followed just to chase him out. It was unclear whether the man was with the, was a Ku Klux Klan supporter, but to anti-KKK protesters, his clothes and tattoos represented exactly what they had come to resist. The Confederate flag he wore was for them a symbol of hatred and racism, rightfully so. When the SS tattoo on his arm pointed to a belief in white supremacy or worse, there were shouts of kill the Nazi and the man began to run. I mean, maybe I'm not Christian enough, but I could start to be like, yeah, man, like take him out. You know, 
And I'm like, dang it, God, forgive me. But I, I think we all know that. You know, we go back to elementary school. It's like, fight, fight. And you start doing stuff you wouldn't. You're like, whoa, you know? A group surrounded him, kicking him and hitting him with wooden sticks of their placards. Uh, mob mentality had taken over. It became barbaric, says Thomas. When people are in a crowd, they are more likely to do things they would never do as an individual. Someone had to step out of the pack and say, this isn't right. So the teenager then at high school threw herself on top of a man she did not know and shielded him from the blows. When they dropped him to the ground, it felt like two angels had lifted my body up and lay me down. For Mark Brunner, a student photographer who witnessed the episode, it was who she saved that made Thomas's actions so remarkable. She put herself at physical risk to protect someone who, in my opinion, would not have done the same for her. Who does that in this world? So what gave Thomas the impetus to help a man whose views it appears were so different from her own? Her religious beliefs played a part, but her own experience of violence was a factor too. I knew that what it was like to be hurt, she says. The many times that happened, I wish someone would have stood up for me. The circumstances which she does not want to describe were different, but violence is violence. Nobody deserves to be hurt, especially not for an idea. Thomas has never heard from the man she saved, but she did once meet a member of his family months later. Someone came up to her in a coffee shop and said, thanks. What for? She asked. That was my dad. The young man replied. For Thomas, the fact that the man had a son gave her actions even greater significance. She had potentially prevented further violence. For the most part, people who hurt they come from her. It's a cycle. Let's say they had killed him or hurt him really bad. How does the son feel? Does he carry on the violence? And the story goes on to show how others have been inspired by Keisha Thomas's act in that moment. And when I heard that story, I thought, yeah, that's it. I'm not sure fully how we get there. I'm not sure all the legislation. I'm not sure all the activity and the protests that need to take place. And that's not a cop out to do action. At the end of the day, I can do for one what I wish I could do for all. And it's going to be done on the local level, in the hearts of me and you. It's going to be in city life as it is in heaven, in me as it is in heaven, in the 517 as it is in heaven, in our squad as it is in heaven, in Lansing, all of this, right? Like the state, the nation, and the world as it is in heaven. That's what it's going to be at the end of the day. We know that that. And so how can we be a part of the change? It's hearing stories that model Jesus like that one. Because then when we come to play, we recognize we've entered understanding of a higher way to pain together so that we can play together so that we can pray together. Jesus on the cross gave access to every single person. I pray today 
everyone watching this remembers no one is without sin. It's always a sin issue. That's why MLK can be shot and so can JFK, sin issue. But the sin of our day that we need to address is the manifestation of systemic oppression, racism, embedded inequality, not having equity, not having access, and Christianity is not something to be leveraged, it's a life to be lived. We aren't perfect, but we're working this out from glory to glory, and we got the best leader leading us, Jesus. Can you hear Jesus saying, come back home today? It's super simple. You say, hey, Jesus, I'm guilty, sorry. Justice was served for the thieves on the cross, but injustice was served on you. But it was me who killed you. And we would do that again. We would kill Jesus again. Because our sin manifests in all types of ways. But when we let him in, we're brand new, we're clean. We say, God, forgive me, help me, I'm a sinner. And he makes us brand new. Then from that place, we become his hands and his feet to a world that needs to know Jesus lives. And justice goes hand in hand with the good news. That's why black lives matter because they matter to Jesus. They matter to the one because we pain together. And if one of us hurts, we all hurt and we can all relate with pain. Today, I also wanna pray for those that are feeling pain at the highest level. There's some that feel ashamed to even admit your pain or you're feeling like you need more questions or you don't even know where you're at in this journey and you're, you're so confused. And I wanna give grace and space for you to be you and freedom. And at the same time, bring those hate and that anger and that hurt right now in this moment and, 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 and just the best of heaven to say, Jesus, do your best work right now. Do your best work right now. Have your way. Have your way. Take that hate, take that anger. Show us Keisha Thomas's life. Show us that heartbeat. Show us how we can be the one to leave those comforts, to leave the privilege that we have as white people, to leave all of that, to look and see that how the black community has been leading the way for so long and, and patience and persistence and, and what it looks like to just be awesome. There's so many amazing black people I know, the culture, I mean, it's just amazing. From the doctors I know to, to, to the to, to principal, to those working in the healthcare and all of it, it's amazing. Because they're people that can do amazing things. And all we're crying out for is the opportunity for all. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Well, thanks for being here today. We're not gonna solve it in an hour together. We'll solve it 24-7, 365, letting Jesus lead. Let's love God, let's love people, and let's dream towards the future. But old pain has to be dealt with before we can go new ways and new days. And let's let freedom come. Let's let justice reign. Let's let the good news be proclaimed. 
We'll see you next week. We always say all races, but black lives matter when we say all races. We've been saying all races for a long time, but we want you to know that means the one. All faces, because every single person matters, their story. In all ages, because God don't play favorites like that. He wants everybody in. We're going to keep loving this city one life at a time. And we won't stop until he makes all things new. Have the best day of your lives. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.